Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Massive Attack Podcast. 47? I know, it's creeping up there, isn't it? What do we got? We, we, we should do something special for the 50th. Well, I said we Our listener do. should write in yes. and tell us what to do for the 50th. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they just did. <laughs> All right. Professionalism aside, I'm Joe and, and with me, as always tonight, is Mitch. Hello, people. Uh, yes, it's our special end so of... many people. December episode. I wouldn't say it's our last episode for the year because it's not. Because we've got specials coming. We have. But it is what we've done in the last couple of years. Our December issue edition, episode, episode, whatever you want to call We're it. looking back. Yes. It's going to be our top five things we like during the year. So we might, as always, jump into gaming first. Yes. Games. It's been kind of a big year for gaming. Has it? Uh, Not for me. Well, you've bought a new release and played it. That's true. Technically, I have bought a new release and played it. I've played a lot of old games, but yes. Yes. All right. Do you want to go first? Sure, why not? Now, writing these lists, I realise this year I didn't do as much as I did other years. Now... I know a new console's out there with all these new games and they're not coming to the 360, so I am still behind. I know a lot of big games came out this year, but not for me. So looking at what I played this year, I didn't play a lot. That's that's what I got. I looked at my list of games I played this year and then it's like, which one was my favourite? I was like, there's not even that much of a list. And really? Did I like that many? Yeah, yeah I didn't. To me, when, when I came up with this idea of what we were going to do this year, yeah. like we haven't looked at each other's lists. And I had a pretty good idea what I thought yours would be. I know, it's, it's easy what mine's going to be. But based we'll get on, there. Yeah. Based on how much I talked about it. And based on how much you played of it. Yeah. yeah. So, alright. It's a very short list of what I actually played this year. Spec Ops The Lion, talked about this other year, was shit. It wasn't shit, just wasn't very good. Um, Anarchy Reigns, I played very quickly. Force Unleashed 2, Lollipop Chainsaw, Frozen Freefall... They were just, like, games I played. Throwaway games. Yeah. Portal 2, I did start and didn't quite finish. It was a very good game, but it wasn't enough to go, yeah, all right, that's <laughs> that's game of the year. It, I don't know where people raved when it came out. So, I don't know. It just didn't... Mindset, timing, whatever it was, I didn't quite... I, I think the problem was that when Portal 1 came out as part of, like, the orange box, it was something completely different. Oh, Portal 2 people loved, and the, the two-player component is probably very good too. I just haven't... For some reason, I stopped, and I never got back, and it's just unfinished. But it didn't grab me enough to keep going. Like I said, it could be just timing, like mm. that actual timing. Yeah, so Lollipop Chainsaw was just a crazy beat-em-up sort of game. It was yeah. kind of fun for the time, but I was happy to see it go. Force Unleashed 2, I remember at the time, a lot of people complained that it was, really, this is a full-price game. Yeah. And it was very much that. Thank God I didn't pay full-price. Anarchy Range was another sort of beat-em-up. I love the design style of it so I like that thing but it was just like eh, just not rewarding so when it comes down to my games of the year one that was up there was uh, Max and the Curse of the Brotherhood which I talked about at the start of the year yeah I remember a very simple a very nice little platformer which I really dug it was short and nice it was good so that that was never going to be game of the year but damn close one I'm going to put in there is a also ran but it could be my game of the year if I finished it but I only just started it last week and that's Tomb Raider the okay. 2013 yep. Tomb Raider is it Yep. That's fucking great. Like, I'm so far. So far. I'm 50-something percent into the game, and I'm really digging it, because it feels like a cross between Far Cry and Alan Wake, which are two games I absolutely adore. Yeah. So if I finished it, it may have pushed my number one over the line. But my number one, which you're going to guess... Fallout 4? Sorry, not Fallout 4. Well, I haven't touched Fallout 4. <laughs> Far Cry 4. Correct. Yes. I, I had a feeling it might be. Yeah. Going back over the show notes for what we've done in the year, it was like... 
couple of games for me each month, and then and it was just Mitch, more, and more, more Fallout, uh, more Far Cry, more Far Cry. Yeah, it, it was my game because I played it a lot, and I went into it to go, I'll just play the story. I won't do any of that. No, actually, no, that was Far Cry 3. I did that, I think. It's like I had to sit in there for a while, and I said, I'll just play the story. I won't do any of the side missions. Yeah. And by the end of the game, I want more. Give me more side missions. I want DLC. Give me this. I didn't want to get out. So luckily, I, I sat on Far Cry 3 so long. Far Cry 4 came out pretty much just as I finished, so I could jump straight from one to the other, and it was essentially the same game. Yeah. And boom. And yeah, again, I did everything I could in that game. It's just so good. But I must say, Tomb Raider scratched that itch okay. for me. Like, it had more personality. Like, you... Because it's first person, Far Cry, where it's Tomb Raider's third person. Yeah. You sort of feel for Lara in this, where this, the story drives you. Where, because it's you in first person, you have no sympathy for yourself. Like, that character, you're not seeing yeah. that thing happen. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, so it's a different feeling in that way. So it's a very impersonal game, Far Cry, where... Tomb Raider's a bit more personal in that way, but <laughs> go back and listen to a few months of episodes if you want to hear me rave about Far Cry. Exactly. That, that, that was my pick of the, pick of the year. 20, 20, I'm still behind. You could do... That's a pick of last year for most people, but yeah, for <laughs> me it was this year. Yes. So, you know, I might be Halo 2 by the time in two years' time. That's how far behind I am on gaming, but yeah. Transformers Devastation I talked about, that was good too. I was but, just yeah. about to ask you, did that not... Right up there? It was good, but it wasn't... I, th- I yeah. mentioned it last episode. It was It was just not... It felt like the cartoon, everything about it felt right, but it just wasn't, it wasn't the enough. gaming experience mm. that the War of Cybertron and Fall of Cybertron was. They yeah. were better gaming experiences. This was a great nostalgic experience that was fun without anything more than that. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, speaking of new release games, you also just got LEGO Dimensions? Yeah, still in the pack. Still in the pack? Yeah, it was All my right. birthday, and that's when my son was nice enough to buy me, apparently. Did the cool Doctor Who awesome. expansion ship? Mm. Shit. Well, I'm sure Except. in the episodes to come we may I'll have a chance to discuss them. Maybe. I've got so many. <laughs> I ordered some online today just because oh, I haven't got that one yet. Yeah. And my I, sister gave me a $100 credit for Microsoft, so I think I might have to buy the You Don't Know Jack game. I'm tempted by that as well when it was on sale the other week, but yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of buying games, I did buy a new release game <gasps> last week, and... The kind folks at Microsoft actually put WWE 2K16 on special, and I bought it's that. It's brand new, isn't it? It is, yeah. Like, it literally. Was, it was released on 29th of October or something, and it was on just, 25% off. Just over week. a month, though. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, 25% off. I picked it up for $52 Australian. And so far, same old, same old. It's pretty much the same as 2K15 as far as gameplay goes. A couple of extra characters and a story mode based around Stone Cold Steve Austin. Is that yeah, that'd be fun. That, that, I'm really enjoying it for that. If if it was just you know the extra characters and a, and a few little tweaks, I probably wouldn't have bothered. But because it's the Austin storyline, I've heard that some of the characters are really well designed and capped, and others just look like really weird blocky yeah, ones. Um, and I'm sure the Austin looks great because it's so Austin does look good. And there's as playable characters. There's six different types of Austin. There's like Stone Cold. There's the Stunning Steve. Master, um, Stunning Steve. Stunning Steve. So it goes back to WCW. Yeah. Well, oh, come, wow. actually, one of the bonus matches that I unlocked the other night when I was playing was actually Stunning Steve versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat for the US title or television title and you're playing in you know a WCW old school ring which is kind of cool but yeah you mentioned bad captures of people Ricky the Dragon Steamboat does not look like Ricky Steamboat like I looked at it and I thought "Mm, his skin's too dark for one thing and he just didn't look right but on the other hand my my eight-year-old is a massive fan of Rick Rude for some reason (laughs) and he quite likes Rick Rude 
and I think I'm going to be in trouble with my wife because we were playing the other night and he was playing his recruit <laughs> and when he won the character on the telly did the recruit hands on head hip swivel and my eight year old put his hands on his head and swiveled his hips gesturing towards the television and my wife's like, see what you've taught him? And yeah. I thought to myself, well, it could be it worse. He, yeah. he could be powerbombing his little brother or something, but at least yeah. he's just you know, waving his hips, having some fun. Yeah. But yes, I bought WWA 2K16. I will mention it, but it won't be in my top five. That's too soon. I think or, it's or probably too soon or just not, not enough change. Yeah. Like, again, if I had made the jump to having a next generation or current generation console rather than a last generation console, I have heard that the Creator Wrestler is better on the new ones because not only can you pick different costumes, you can then pick the material that it's made out of. So you can have a mask that's made of leather rather than made, being made of you know, spandex or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's not in the 360 version. Yep. And also in the Xbox One version, there's an app that you can get where you can take a photo of your face and map it onto the character. I'm surprised well. they still make There's not many games coming out on the 360 anymore. I'm surprised this one is. There's a few. But, yeah, I don't know. The, the 360 is still being supported, but probably not to the extent that it should be. Because <laughs> Well, Microsoft just made the big jump. The Xbox One is now backwards compatible yep. with a bunch of games as yeah, of exactly. two weeks ago, I think, yeah. as of recording this. If you're listening to this in the far future, pretty redundant. Yeah. We're pretty redundant. But anyway, so that's a mention of a a new game that I've bought. I have spent a lot of time this year playing iOS games. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm not going to fall in the trap of saying that, you know, WWE Supercard or... What was it? I played a lot of time on Clash of Clans earlier in the year and I spent quite a bit of time on SimCity Builder. You're still candy crushing? Yes. I made it to level 666 the other day and I had a bit of a chuckle because (laughs) the the option or the, the objective for that round was to actually get 666 blue gems for that and I thought "Hmm, maybe they're trying to tell me something but yeah I've been playing Candy Crush for many years and I've been doing their daily free spin almost every day since I've been playing and I got my second jackpot the other day in about three years so I was quite impressed (laughs) anyway but yes I am still playing Candy Crush but as far as the other games that I will mention that I've played a lot of this year and really enjoyed surprisingly most of them have been games for gold free titles the only one that i will mention that we've actually purchased the disc for and really got some fun out of with sacred three but they've just announced that that's going to be december's that's free game <laughs> but uh, yeah um my wife that's bought, yeah diablo sort of game it, it's kind of like diablo light mm. and a bit more tongue-in-cheek cartoony okay my wife actually three, thir- three degree third degree angle what do you call yeah, it yeah i think isometric. they call it isometric that's yep. exactly what they call it yeah my wife bought me that for my birthday last year last year without actually knowing anything about it because she just thought it might be a, a fun game like, third games in trilogies well we yeah <laughs> no. she bought me dungeon siege 3 a couple of years ago as well so yeah, i don't know diablo 3 too as well not too. <laughs> yeah but we played diablo and really enjoyed it and then she saw that without knowing anything about it and thought it might you know be a bit of fun kind of like a gauntlet kind of game because we have played a lot of gauntlet back in the day and yeah we played all the way through that and really enjoyed it so i will mention that as a, a good game for the year the other ones that really took my fancy Again, another three, Dirt 3, that I've played just recently. And I think maybe that could have been higher if I'd have played more of it. But I I got to that stage where I was probably about two of the unlocks as far as the careers go in the, the stages as you go. And then it all just got a little bit too samey. So I haven't gone back to that. I will mention Army of Two, The Devil's Cartel, which I played earlier in the year and again was one of the games for gold titles. And again is the third in the series. <laughs> uh, bit of a, a habit coming along here, but I, I really enjoyed that. I played that 
through to completion. I almost rage quit at the final boss, which I mentioned when we recorded the time that I'd stayed up till like stupid o'clock in the morning trying to get this final boss. And then I went to bed and just thought, next morning I'm going to try this and not get angry. And if I do it, fine. And if I don't, I'm not going to finish it. But when I went back, I changed guns and I won quite easily. But yeah, I really enjoyed that. It was a little bit of poor man's Gears of War and it did make me want to go and play Gears of War again, mainly because it was Unreal Engine. You've so played a bit of that. I know you've gone back into Borderlands again lately, haven't you? Just lately I have, yeah. yeah. I don't know why. I think people were talking about... I was listening to a gaming podcast and they were talking about Destiny or something and loot grabs and I thought, I kind of feel like a game where I can pick up loot again and I went back to the Borderlands. And sad as it is, not only have I reignited my Borderlands addiction, first thing I did when I went to Borderlands is went to one of the slot machines at Moxie's bar <laughs> and I pumped like a lot of in-game money into the slot machine in Moxie. So anyway, but Is that yes. thing worth it? Have you got anything good out of it? The ones that are in one of the DLCs, it uses uh, talk tokens and you can get really good talk weapons if you get enough of the tokens, but I haven't got enough of the tokens yet. So no, not quite worth it. <laughs> but my game of the year, and you mentioned it earlier, for me, it definitely had to be the Tomb Raider game. Okay, well, I was wondering. Yeah. Mm. And it, it's funny because I'd downloaded this when it was the free game, and I'd had it sitting there for a little while, and back in April it was, my wife went away for a weekend. And once the kids were in bed, I thought to myself, you know, I'm home alone, what am I going to do? I went on How Long to Beat, and I realised that Tomb Raider should only take me about nine hours, I think they said, to beat. I think I'm already there. <laughs> well, I thought to myself, yeah, that's fine, I've got you know a three-day weekend with her being away. Gives me a couple of three-hour sessions each night, and about two weeks later, I finish it. <laughs> so, yes. But I'm loving the game. Yeah. Because I thought, I'll just do the main one. And as of last night, when I sort of figured out how to use a map properly, I'm like, I can find things. I can go look for everything in this game. I, this is I good. I didn't do a lot of the optional tombs. I did a couple because I kind of stumbled into them. Oh, and that's my favourite. Not my... Oh, I'm loving... I, I love the game for that because it's got... The the tombs are puzzle. Yeah. Because it's not... I, I never really... I've played the original, I think, Legacy Tomb Raider game, which is the remake of the original game for the Xbox 360. I, that's the one I played before. That's the only one I played. I think he had... Was it Tomb Raider Anniversary? Because I think he lent that to Legacy. me. it was Legacy. It was Anniversary, was it? It was a Tomb Raider Legend, maybe. Legend. There's definitely one that you lent. Me and I, yeah, and, and it was the original yeah. remake. It was the original game for the 360, so the PlayStation game, I'm guessing. Yeah. And that was the, the, the fighting in it was fairly basic because it was a PlayStation game essentially. But it was all about the puzzles. How do you get to that level here, or how do you trigger that event over yeah. there? Those sort of things. And that's what I associate with a Tomb Raider game. This is not that game. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of that sort of this stuff. This is in stealthy it? kills or full on fighting and dodging, and it's. it's Batman, the Arkham games, yep. like the, the dodging sort of thing, it, it's stealthy kills, it's it's hiding, it's sort of like, it reminded me of, because um, you're running around in the woods and stuff, it reminded me of Alan Wake, like I said. Yeah. The sh- it's just good and, and it's got quick time events but it, it's really integrated well into the game like yeah, you get taken the, out of the game and back in beautifully it's never jarring it's yeah, not too much because a lot of people really had a big sort of a bit of a beef with the quick time events no issue you know? with it whatsoever I think it's good because I've thought about this with a few games like the, there's no good Superman game because how do you do it yep. what do you do with the Superman game Azura's Wrath is the best example I think you could do with the Superman game you make a ridiculous scenario for Superman where he takes on shitloads of robots or whatever like Brainiac minions or whatever yeah and that's your gameplay sort of thing then you have events 
where it's sort of like, he has to do this, 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 and this. Now, game mechanics and so many buttons on a gamepad, you can only do so many things. Yeah. So you either make a game super repetitive, doing the same shit all the time when you've got a character who can do, like Superman or whatever, yeah. fly, heat breath, all these sort of things. It's so like, well, you can just heat breath, you know, or cold breath a bunch of robots out of the way. It's no big deal. It's it. That's why you can't do a really good Superman game. He's yep. too powerful in that way. But Azura's Wrath, he's fighting deities the size of Earth and stuff, but they did it using quick time events. And, all right, this is the scenario now, you've got to do these things. This is the scenario, do these things. Would they ever do that with a Superman game? Probably not. Yeah. Azura's Wrath is a crazy fucking game, but it's awesome. That's taking me off the path. But, so with Tomb Raider, it's sort of like, okay, she's traversing something, it collapses under her. So she falls. So you have to push certain events. And how brutal are some of those animations? Like, there's one bit where you're, you're sort of the floor caves in and you land in, like, a waterfall or something and you're sliding down. And if you don't do the quick time event at the right time... You get spiked. You basically, impaled. yeah, this, like, tree branch goes through your, through your neck. Through your neck, yes. <laughs> and so you're a teenage girl or is she early 20s? Is she... I think she's meant to be teenage, like, late teenage. Teenage girl. And she is beaten up. She is... It's a brutal game. It like, is. It, like, the stuff that happens to her. Like, there's these nasty deaths if you don't get the timing right but there's just even storyline wise a lot of shit happens yeah, to she gets the girl. shit kicked out of it it's but nasty it's good that it's not repetitive like you start off with just fairly basic uh, uh, an axe yeah. or a, a what, climbing crampon I think they refer to as crampon crampon look it up kids Grand-porn. google's your friend look at crampon on Cram- Cram- no cran <laughs> Don't look at grand porn. Look at cramp porn, I think it is. Anyway. Did you hear about new porn? Like it's well, I mentioned Fallout 4 before. So yeah. apparently new porn had a, a drop in massive searches drop or something in, in, in viewership yeah. because Fallout 4 came out. I think that's sad, really. Most people have twin monitors, don't they? I do. <laughs> but yes, Tomb Raider is definitely my game of the year. Without putting too much spoilers in it for you because you haven't got too far in it. The ending is a really good payoff. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I like the ending. Because I know a lot, like the new game just came out like in the last month. Yeah. And I, a lot of people were excited. So I guess based on the previous game, this is yep. why people Well, I'm got seriously in. considering getting that new game. Oh, is it on the 360? It is on the 360, oh, wow. so yes. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those few things where I've seen TV ads and it's made me think, oh, that, that ad makes it look pretty good, man. Yeah, but look at that's, that. on that's, or, yeah, uh, that's, that's on a 360. That's on Xbox One or PlayStation. But just the gameplay itself would be enough. But yeah, the, the ending is worth it. And there is a little bit of a nod to old school original Tomb Raider in the ending as well. Oh, well, okay. So, yes. Yeah, I'm, um, I, I, I can't wait to get in it because my wife's sort of like, sometimes she's a bit tired and she's like, oh, we'll watch our TV. And she goes, oh, I'm tired. I'm just like, well, why don't you have a bath tonight? You just go and she goes, <laughs> You just want a game, don't you? It's like, yes. Yes, yes I do. All right. Well, so, that, that's all right, so we're oh, nearly at a double. Almost. Tomb Raiders were close, and it probably could have been, depending on how it ends, but I'm just not quite there yet. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll jump into comics. We don't right. have a really talk about comics all that much you go over first the and There hasn't been a lot, and I will go through my also-rans, and then I'll let you take, because I have a funny feeling we're going to have the same one. Yeah. My comics this year are pretty much the same as last year because they are just the same comics, just the same comics I've been reading. I, I really got into Minimum Wage again. They had another six-issue run early in the year with that, which is Rob Fingerman's semi-autobiographical story of a young cartoonist that gets married in the original series, breaks up with his wife, and the series that came out last year was him dating again. And then the series that came out this year was more stories of him dating and getting back with his wife again at the end. And just 
the the New Yorkness of it. He's based in New York. He's hangs around with like New York Jewish type people, and there's a lot of very New York. I think it's set probably early '90s, based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one issue where he actually makes friends with comedian Mark Maron, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, it's that kind of hipster sort of yep. scene type comic that I quite like. The other one that I've been reading a lot is Wicked and Divine, although I am a few issues back on that. I really enjoyed it, and then I went and looked the other day. I'm actually eight issues behind, so I was like, maybe I'm not enjoying it that much, because I haven't gone seeking it out. Yeah, well, I've been reading that digitally, and I must say, as far as looks goes, that is probably the prettiest comic I've read in a very long time. And I just like the feel of it. I like the writing and the artwork. Well, there's a new phonogram came out. Well, exactly. I I was going to say that leads me on to my next one, and that would be phonogram. So, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. Jamie McKelvey. They did Wicked and Divine, and they also did phonogram. The new run of phonogram, I'm not as sure as I was from the original Rule Britannia. Rule Britannia. And the singles clubs, which I thought were really good. But I was reading those ones in trade. I've read this one in issues, so maybe it's that the story's not quite grabbing me quite as much. Maybe. But this, the the idea that he's brought the music sort of link into this is really well done. And being a fan of AHA, I really like the fact that she's... The main character has watched the AHA Take On Me video when she was a little girl. And somehow she's been possessed by demons and put into the video herself. Kind of like the way in the video, if you know the song, which yep. you should do. She goes into the comic in the in yep. the clip, and in the comic she has got into the clip as well through this demon, which I think is really clever. Okay, but yeah, I'm I'm really digging phonogram, but I haven't read enough of that to actually make it my number one. But we'll let you have a bit of a chat, and All right. I think we've probably got the same number one. Well, I I went through my comicsology, and I was just trying to think what did I really enjoy this year, and it was sort of hard. Like I mean, Silver Surfer, I was my pick last year, and that was very good, and it still is very good, and I love it. Um, there was one issue that actually was this link in time where it kept repeating itself like they kept going through a scenario that had the same scenario play out again and again and they kept going and you're reading the comic and it's happening again and again and again and it's repeating panels so it's just like this, but it's shortening this time the first one was longer then it just dropped a couple of panels but the scenario and it's just like this is just happening again and I'm reading going what the hell and it paid off at the end if you watch this week's Doctor Who sounds awfully familiar but anyway so I, the first issue of a comic I read last week was Huck by Mark Millar. And it's great. It's sort of like a Superman storyline where it's this kid was dropped off at an orphanage saying, please look after him. And he turns out he was actually... He's got superpowers. Like, he's not Superman flight or anything like that, but he's really strong, durable. And he's not quite a simpleton, but he's just this big yokum in a country town that everything just sort of sorts itself out. Something goes missing, it gets found the next day, it gets put there. He just <laughs> looks after things, you know? And it's just really cool, but it's only the first issue, so I can't say it's the best yet. It was a really good, solid first issue. Doctor Strange, It's only I'm only two issues into this run by Jason Aaron and Chris Bachelot. It's really funky, but again, too soon to really call it anything at the moment. Paper Girls, I'm only one issue in, and that's by Brian K. Vaughan, and it's essentially, imagine sort of like E.T., Goonies, that sort of thing, where it's a bunch of paper girls like paper boys but they're paper girls yeah and the first issue it's the night after halloween and there's a bunch of pricks out and they're trying to deliver their papers they all sort of get together and they stumble across and it's set in the 80s and they sort of stumble across aliens with ipod technology or something and that's how the last panel ends you don't know what the well, fuck sounds pretty cool it's, it's really funky but again too soon to call yep. on that one art, art ops it's an issue one i've only read and it's by mike alred who's also the artist on silver surfer and it's about these people 
people who art is sort of living and they protect art. So that if there's an issue where to protect the Mona Lisa, they go in, they use this weird technology, they take the Mona Lisa out of the painting and put a, an agent in her place. And she's, so the Mona Lisa's walking around New York living while there's an agent in the actual painting itself. And these people, uh, the ops arts operatives that look after art and that sort of thing and one of the main agents her son got involved in something and he lost an arm so now he's got this bandage covering his arm but when the bandages come off it's just this slew of colored paint that he sort of can control and that's all i know so far but it's funky to look at crazy ideas and it's like this is really cool but again issue one can't yep. really tell saga is as good as always but it's just this constant good now it's just you sort of Imagine a really good restaurant you love. Yeah. It's great. You're going to rave about it. And then you go every month. You stop raving about it because it's the same every month, but it's still damn good, but it's just not... Yeah, yeah, for me, I, I really enjoyed Saga, and I think I got to about issue 11 or 12, and then I just yeah. didn't keep going with it. So there's that. Max Landis, son of John Landis, is crazy outspoken person <laughs> on the internet. Interesting to listen to. Do not want to be his friend, but I love his ideas. He's just done a Superman storyline, issue one again, um, called Superman American Alien. Funky story. It's about the origins of Superman. It's the, the, each issue is going to be a different period in young Clark Kent's life. And it's, it's really good. Auteur, I talked about it last year as one of my yep. faves. There's been a second se- series this year, and that's been crazy, funky, weird, and that's great. Now, so number one is going to be... I'm tossing up between two. Now, All right. We'll pick the same one I've got. because All right, so the one that isn't, that was close, was Little Nemo, which is uh, art by Gabriel Rodriguez, who I talked about lock and key a few yep. times over the last few years. Amazing artist. And this is based on a comic that's from turn of the century, I would say. It's early French Little Nemo. And I've gone back and looked at this stuff. It's amazing. Like, it's all dreamscape. It's about this kid who goes to sleep, and every time he goes to sleep, he goes to... Um, I forget the name of the land now, but it's a Wizard of Ozzy sort of thing where it's this crazy land. He's best friends with the queen or the king's daughter. And they and they hang out and have strange adventures in this weird dreamscape. Sounds good. It's, it's, and the artwork is phenomenal. And this is the new take on it. So it's a, I think it was four or six issue mini and it was awesome. That was close to being number one. All right. Are you finding you're reading less superhero books now? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm reading Superman only because I sort of want to catch up, and it's, I'm, I'm sort of reading it in the same way you sort of drive slowly past the car crash because yeah. I just because they've depowered him, they've outed him as Clark Kent, so he's there with a short crew cut, wearing a Superman t-shirt, blue jeans. He's got it, it, what's left of his cape wrapped around his wrist when he punches people, and it's funky. Like I'm actually enjoying the storyline, and the artwork's kind of good, but it's I'm only reading out of thing. I've got a standing order at the comic shop that I haven't stopped, so I read a bunch of Avengers this week because it's just still there not because I really wanted to I read Deadpool but yeah there's nothing because I realise now nothing's important yeah. none of these comics are important at the time I was reading about oh this is amazing this is good but it's just really stagnant and all the interesting ideas are in Vertigo or Image Comics like your Wicked and Divines or your um, phonograms where there's short little stories that held together six issues one trade or whatever that just tell a different story because superheroes just don't do enough for me anymore. Yep. I'm not well, reading as much. I guess that really jumps into my number one and your number one as well then. 
you couldn't get much non-superhero more than that. No, Elmo's Adventures, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, yeah. that's one, yeah. yeah. Grew the Adventure. No. Hip-Hop Family Tree, obviously, yep. is my number yep. one. Yes. And we're, what, three trades in? Mm-hmm. And I just find it amazing. Like, I know probably one out of every page the story that they talk about. I'll sort of look at it and go... Oh, yeah, that, that's Flavor Flavor and Public Enemy. And the rest of it, it's just completely out of this world. But yet, it all ties in with like other stuff we've done during the year. Like, we watched Crush Groove. Yep. And then in the third trade, there's the whole bit about the Fat Boys winning the competition and getting the record deal. And just the way it's written and the way it's drawn, it's it, like you can hear the music in your head while you're reading it. And, I mean, I've, I've, this is, I've not gone to YouTube as much as reading this book like, yeah. I read this going oh there's a reference to that I'm going to have a look oh there it is I can find it and I can exactly. see it and yeah it's educating me and I love that for that reason so yeah I mean it's opened my eyes to something and I'm sure there's other well something I haven't been reading and nothing's been top five for me but I am trying to get into a bit more true crime which we'll get into other things later yeah but watching a lot of docos, listening to a lot of podcasts on true crime. So I've been looking up a lot of true crime books. So I have been reading a few of those. Well, that just reminded me of one too, actually. Yeah. Well, you lent me the My Friend Dharma book, which oh, I really enjoyed Oh, fuck yeah, too. put that in there. Yeah. That, that, was, that yeah. definitely gets a mention. We talked about that on the show, haven't we? We didn't, no. Oh, all right, let's, well, that, that's up there with my... Equal, set, equal number one. <laughs> yeah, we'll make it an equal number one. Um, yeah, this was a biogra- autobiographical comic. By yep. Trashbag, what was his name? What's his? Derp, 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 <laughs> Derp, McDerp, or something. something like that. Anyway, but yeah, and it's about a guy who went to school. With, it was friends with Jeffrey Dahmer, the serial killer. Yeah, and he talks about, and he, he's a reputable comic creator anyway. And yep. it just happens that a friend rang him up one day and goes, oh, it's like a serial killer. Went to our school. Guess who it was? And he was actually the second choice. Like he said, oh, was it this guy? It's like, no, second. Jeffrey? Yeah, that was him. Yeah. Ah. So it's a it's a really interesting comic. Like it's drawn very cartoony and stuff like that. And it's and it's a slice of life of that period that he went to school with him. So, yeah, it was what, late, late 70s? 80s? Early 80s, yeah. Uh, late, late 80s, yeah. And so the, there's speculation in there. So there's stuff that happened at the school with him he can vouch for, and everything else is in between where it's his... He's read it from news reports or from the interviews and all that sort of stuff. So he's put the timeline of events of where he attacked people or, and all that. But it's there's not too much in there, is it, of the gruesome stuff? no. It's, it's like early on there, there's basically because it's the time they were in high school there's none of the Dharma murders or anything like that no there's only the bit where he He's was like killed fascinated. Dog or something and yeah and like he was fascinated the, with the, the jogger that was running past yeah but apart from that it's it, it's interesting and it makes a sympathetic character out of him and reading the little bio at the back of the creator he's saying look he was fine for me but I'm not absolving him of anything he did after that he's a monster yeah but the Jeffrey I knew was a strange kid but he was fine and it was just, it was fascinating just to listen to, to to read. It was just a really good insight into just such a strange story. Like the Jeffrey Dahmer story is just bizarre. Yeah. So the dude's name is Durf Backdurf. Yeah. Okay. We're close. Uh, we were far <laughs> off. But yeah, and I I really loved it. And I think when we talk about podcasts, it will come a bit full circle when we uh, talk about true crime as well. Yeah. But yeah. So there has been a few interesting reads this year. 
And, and that's the sort of stuff I'm looking for. I was talking to a friend, Sean, who he goes, oh, I was talking about my friend Darwin and this and that. He goes, oh, I've got a book by him. He did another one about grunge music or punk music. In the thing. So I half read that and I never got back to it, but yeah. it was good. And he goes, oh, yeah, I met him at a book thing and he signed it for me. So I've got a Durf McDurf signed book in my house at the moment. It's not mine, but I've got one here. So, go, and he's just got a new book that came out last month, actually. So I might check it out. So I am checking out these indie autobiographical comics a little bit more with hip-hop family tree we read the um last year we read the um oh, Andre the giant. giant book yeah so i am looking for self-contained stories that are just interesting hmm. like I, I picked up recently i haven't read it yet fear and loathing in las vegas yeah i mean it looks very much like the movie as well like but it's a, almost like the gorillas style of artwork like the band the gorillas not not monkeys apes Yes. So it's, it's 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 yeah. So I'm looking for those self-contained one-offs. Just give me give me something interesting. Don't give me that serialized superhero stuff. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, nice. Well, that's comics. A lot, lot more to talk about than we thought. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Should we jump into television? Sure. You go. All you right. Go well, there has been quite a few things that I've really enjoyed on TV this year. A couple of standouts for me early on in the year. I'd definitely say, speaking of the true crime, I really enjoyed Jinx. Yep. When we watched... It it was back in May when we watched it, I think it was. When we watched the first episode, I was kind of a little bit ho-hum. But by the end of the second episode, I think I was hooked. Yeah. Well, we watched four in a row. I think we we did, yeah. Because that first episode, we were kind of just sitting there making (laughs) jokes that are in the... I'm a torso and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and we kind of went a bit over the top with the unintentional comedy of it. Yep. But then by the time I actually realised how serious the, the, the show was and how just cool as a cucumber that Robert Durst was, despite the fact that he's done all this stuff. Allegedly. No, he admitted to it, didn't he? Didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and just the, the fact that it has added the burping the truth to <laughs> people's... Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I came out of nowhere, didn't know anything about it, but really enjoyed it when I saw it. So th- that definitely deserves a mention. I will also say another thing that I didn't know a hell of a lot about, and I wasn't sure whether I should put this in movies or TV, and that was the made-for-TV comedy movie Seven Days in Hell about oh, yep. the tennis game that we mentioned a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. When I was looking back at things that I enjoyed on television, I had little just snippets of that just <laughs> pop back in my head, the Swedish prison <laughs> <laughs> And I thought to myself, yeah, I, I can't talk about TV for the year without mentioning that. Yep. I really enjoyed, speaking of serial TV, I've really enjoyed The Blacklist. There probably hasn't been that many series that I've jumped into as much as I have The Blacklist. And I must say, now that I'm watching the latest season as it's happening, I'm finding I'm getting frustrated with the fact that I can't just jump into it. I have to wait for the next week, whereas season one and two, I was a little bit behind and I managed to watch, I think we watched season one, my wife and I, over the course of about two weeks, we watched a whole season of The Blacklist. But I really enjoy that. I really enjoy James Spader. I think he's he's just probably one of the funniest people on TV without trying to be. Okay. So I really enjoyed that. As far as other things on television, I got a lot out of Lucha Underground this year, the wrestling, and I'm happy to know that they are coming back next year for a second season. Cool. And unlike your WWE where they have continuous revolving story, the way Lucha Underground worked is they recorded a year's worth of television or a season's worth of television over the course of a couple of weeks and they put it out as an hour episode every week. And everything, all storylines finished at the end? Pretty much, because they weren't sure if they were going to get mm. the second season, so they kind of wrapped up all the feuds with their, their big pay-per-view at the end of the year, and there was a couple of things that they left open with the idea that maybe they would come back. 
but yeah, it was it was nice. They started off not really knowing, you know, who your good guys, who your bad guys were, and they weren't sure who was going to become a star. But by the fact that they've recorded all of it over the course of like a couple of weekends, they've recorded the whole season with pretty much the same crowds in the audience for the show. They've turned people into stars just based on the reaction that they got on those tapings. Wow. Like there's Son of Havoc, which was a nobody sort of like jobber wrestler that had tried out for WWE and was on one of the series of Tough Enough, the one that Stone Cold hosted, and got eliminated quite early. And he's probably one of the biggest stars that they've made purely for the fact that he's just got a good character and a good move set, and the fans just got behind him. But yeah, I really enjoyed that. Cool. And not necessarily TV per se, but something TV related, I probably have to mention kisscartoon.me because the amount of stuff that I have watched this year because of finding that website, including my number one pick, but okay, I, will guess let, what it is. I will let you talk about yours and then we'll jump it's into my number It's not the same. It probably won't be? No, go for it. All right, well, I will mention it. Rick and Morty yeah. is my number one for the year. Two seasons in, Dan Harmon is just as much of a legend as I always thought he was. <laughs> he is a tragic legend, but... I'm wondering, because you hear him talk about the show on the podcast, yeah. and he doesn't... Sounds like he's not involved as much as you think, because it sounds like Dan. Like, yeah. not just sound like him in tonal sight, but it, the way he speaks, the, 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 the pentameter or whatever, it just... It just sounds like something Dan would rant about, so I'm not sure how much he has involved. It sounds like a lot, but the way he talks about it, he talks about the other guys being the brains behind the whole thing. So I'm not, I'm not really sure about that, but yeah, I agree. What I've seen of it, it's, yep. it's, it's a pretty amazing show. Very much. And we have talked about it at length, so I won't go too much further into Morty. Now, with TV, for me, it's been weird. Like, I watch a lot of TV, I realise, but nothing's... There's no Breaking Bads this year. Yeah. stood out just going, this is amazing. But I, I, out of habit and out of being a geek, there's a lot of things I watch. So, I'm watching things like Marvel's Agent Carter, The Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, Daredevil, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Doctor Who. You know, I watch all these every week. I watch Elementary. So, they're all good. But they're not up there. The yeah. Flash is getting there. The Flash this season has been pretty fucking amazing. It's got Gorilla Grodd. They've got fucking King Shark. It's just like, they're, they're just going nuts. It's not none of this hiding behind, oh, I'm ashamed of my powers. And, you know, they've sort of like dumbed down or, you know, grounded at reality, these base powers. No, it's a fucking half man, half shark running around. <laughs> and it's like, fuck yeah, this is what I want to see. So the Flash is pretty damn good. I'll give it that. Rick and Morty is in my top list of things I've watched this year. Something that I did enjoy was Wet Hot American Summer, which I've talked about on the show previously, yep. which is the Netflix series based on the movie, which is set the at the start of summer camp. The movie is set on the last day of summer camp, but it's 12 years between the films, and the actors are all 12 years older, but they've all come back to do this. It's funny. Uh, really good. We've talked about that before. Doctor Who this season has been fantastic. problem with Doctor Who over the years is you'll have some really corker episodes and some really dud episodes. Last season was Peter Capaldi's first season as the Doctor, and it was pretty one note. There was no real dogs, but there were no real highs. I think they were waiting for this season. This season's been fucking top shelf all the way, so that's been pretty damn good, and Capaldi's been phenomenal this season. Is it still Moffat writing it? Yes. 
Well, he's show running. Okay. He, he still writes the odd episode and he pretty much has final creative control. Yeah. So it's like, we'll change this, this, and this. But yeah, so other things I picked up Ash vs. the Evil Dead. I'm too soon into it to give it a pick of the week or whatever. Pick of the year. Community was had its season on Yahoo this year and it was just like every other season of Community except the one that Dan wasn't there. So <laughs> that, was, that was fine. Daredevil was interesting this year and it was. Netflix is in the Marvel Universe and all that. It's a nasty fucking show. My wife gave up after episode four or five when Kingpin took a dude's head off by repeatedly bashing it in between a car door until his body just fell away. Uh, she goes, yeah, I'm done with this show. And I, so I watched it and it's, it's, it's heavy. Like it, it's like Breaking Bad was heavy. Yeah. And this was in that line, but it was dark. It was just nasty and people whispering. And it was just like, it, was just, it wasn't a fun show to watch. There were some good moments in it. It was good and I'm glad I did, but it wasn't fun. Where the Flash is fun. Something else that's not a new show, but it's what I watched this year and I mainlined it, and that's Veronica Mars. That was pretty close. Yeah. But I couldn't really pick it as this year's show because it was too new. But fuck, it was good. But it takes me up to my number one show for this year, which is based, created, or it's run by the guy who created Veronica Mars, which is also the lead singer of... Matchbox 20. Rob Thomas. Yeah, so Rob Thomas, who created Veronica Mars. He is not a- the Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20. No, not that. But to tie it all back, there's a comic from Vertigo called iZombie with Mike Alred, who's the, who does the artwork on um, Silver Surfer and Art Ops. He did this comic iZombie. Have I talked about it on the show? You mentioned that you started watching yeah. it. I think we re- haven't really gone into it. And uh, it's just damn fun. It's, it's, you got a girl who's now a zombie and she's not like a walking dead zombie person. She's, she's still got her brain. She's still in control. She can zombie out if in a rage, but it's rare that that happens. But what she does is if she'll eat someone's brain and she'll get their sort of, get flashes, flashes of their memory if triggered, but she'll also take on the attributes. So she like ate the brain of a college fraternity boy. So she became a total frat boy, just wanted to game and eat Cheetos and sitting on the couch in daggy clothes and just calling everyone bro and little things like that. So she's doing a great job as an actress and it's fun and the supporting cast are fun and it's just good. So I'm going to say that's um, my number one only because Jessica Jones just aired on Netflix and I'm five episodes in to 12 and it's pretty fucking good, but I haven't finished it yet. But I think Jessica Jones will probably be number one. Okay. But it's all based on comics. That's uh, funny, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, the other other shows, two things. I've been watching a lot of Media Watch. I love that on the ABC iView. <laughs> and last week with John Oliver has been I one of my... I was going to mention last week with John Oliver, but I think the inconsistency of it, he's had a couple of really, really good... I wouldn't say episodes. It's normally been really, really good sections. Segments, yep. And I think the sex education video that he did earlier in the year was probably my favourite of the things that he did, mainly because of Kamal Nanjiani and that, and Mike from Breaking Bad. But yeah, I thought that, but then there was a few episodes where he kind of went off the rails a little bit and I didn't really like so, that. It's topical humour on a lot of it, so you can only use as yeah. good as your material, unfortunately. Well, actually, I should add McAuliffe on this. You should. Because that was fucking good. That's up there. But I'll, still, I'll stick with iZombie, but... Good. Alrighty. Shall we jump to the big screen? Why not? This year I have actually managed to have quite a few trips to the cinema. And early on in the year there was one movie that I thought may have actually stood the distance and been my all-time favourite. Divergent 2. No, that was only recently. And I saw that at home. But no, there won't be that because that was a bit crap. But (laughs) earlier on in the year I saw The Imitation Game, which is the story of Alan Turing. Oh, yep. And I really enjoyed that. That sort of... 
stuck with me for quite a while after I saw that in January, and I, I didn't think there was going to be anything better than that, but there has been a couple of other cinema releases that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I, I will mention The Martian. We talked about it quite in depth a couple of episodes ago, yep. and that was up there for me as well, because Matt Damon is just... If he doesn't win an Oscar for this movie, there is something wrong. He definitely has to get nominated for this movie, whether he wins or not, but yeah. Yep. That just... The premise of that and his acting in that movie just blew me away. Mm-hmm. I will mention Fast 7, not because I really liked the movie all that much, but I was, how do I put this politically? I was touched by the ending and the Paul Walker tribute. I thought that was really well done. So that really deserves a mention for what it was. Yep. And the fact that I saw it in a crowded cinema, which doesn't happen all that much anymore, just gave it the right sort of feel that you needed. It was a real bro movie, and it was a a cinema full of dudes when I saw it. It kind of made you more in the moment. The movie itself, corny bits in it, didn't have enough rock. Yeah. But, yeah, still gets a mention. A couple of things I've watched at home that I will mention. Last month I talked about Ex Machina. San Andreas. (laughs) No, not San Andreas, just Ex Machina. Yep. And... That would probably be my favourite of the movies I've seen at home, DVDs or whatever this year. Yeah. And another one I need to mention as well is Nightcrawler. Yeah. That I talked about earlier on in the year, just for the fact that he was such an unlikable character, but it it was such an intriguing character that you just couldn't stop watching. Yep. But for me, my number one this year had to be Straight Outta Compton. Okay. It was something that when we did our Great Expectations episode back in January, there was two movies for the year that I was really anticipating. The second one, well, three if you count that, but the the second one of those hasn't actually come out yet, so we can't put it in the top five, and that's Force Awakens. Yep. But for me, straight out of Compton, I was just waiting for it to happen, and when it did happen, I was just amazed about how good it was done. It could have just been a throwaway movie about, you know, this young black rap group, but they turned it into something meaningful, and it's broken box office records, and it was just something that people didn't expect, I think. Mm. And, yeah, that in turn with Hip Hop Family Tree and the fact that I was getting back into listening to a bit of rap music and hip hop just came at the right time. Yeah, I mean, it's not my number one. It was up there because, and it all all tied in with Hip Hop Family Tree, which which we started reading, was it December last year? Yeah. We read the first volume. So it was perfect timing as far as that. I was watching Crush Groove, all these (laughs) other things. So you're getting the history. So I'm going back and I'm living, I'm trying to live this through. And yep. working it all out, and so yeah, it's it's part of the educating Mitch of hip hop, and, exactly. and I love it for that reason. And it's a very well made film, and it's a good. And the fact that I knew nothing about it was fascinating. Yeah, so I, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, with that movie, so it was great, and it was all fresh to me. Where you know you knew certain things little, that happened yeah. and things like that. Yeah, so I can easily see why that would be a number one, especially to you, who's someone who loved the band at the time when to me it's like oh, it's a nostalgia piece for a band that I never knew anything about yeah. oh, so it's, got, it's got that guy who produced Eminem and 50 Cent and it's that other guy who's an actor from um, Are We There Yet <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit different that way so yeah I, I can see that so what I've realised is him I've seen a, a, a couple of movies I, I've got a little app on my phone I tap in when I see a film so I went through that to see what I saw this year I've seen fuck all movies this year compared to other years Yeah, and what I worked out is I watch so much TV or we watch them, my wife and I that we actually don't watch movies at no. home so yeah, we, we unless like this I, off we, air the other yeah, day we were talking about how you don't watch movies at home very often no because we've got Netflix and they're there but when it comes to if it's time for us to watch something we're catching up on TV that we haven't watched yet so it's not let's sit down and watch that movie so unless I go to the movies to watch it I don't get to see it so there's a lot of things I haven't seen like Ex Machina and Nightcrawler I really want to see I haven't got around to it yet 
was it Drumline? Was that the... Uh, Whiplash? Whiplash. I really wanted to see that and I never get around to it. So there's a lot of things... I haven't seen that yet either, but that's meant to be excellent. So all these things I just... The only ones I really got to was your comic book movies, I suppose. The big ones. And that's... They're the only ones I got to. So I'm sure there's a lot of holes in this year's movie watching that I should... They should be better and higher. Because I'm looking through. So a lot of movies I've seen. So The Martian we talked about. That was up there for me. Straight Outta Compton was definitely up there. Furious 7 was what it was. Big Hero 6 was good. Chap was okay. Kingsman the Secret Surface was alright. Avengers Age of Ultron was okay. Tomorrowland, Jurassic Park, Ant-Man, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, they were all good. Yep. Jurassic World, did I say that? It was okay. There, nothing that said, oh my god, there was no wow factor. But um, The Walk was definitely up there as something that the experience okay. super fast I'm surprised you didn't mention that <laughs> I think I actually enjoyed super fast more than I enjoyed fast 7 but I, I have to say fast 7 purely for the Paul Walker tribute yeah <laughs> and one movie that I, I'm not sure when it came out but I saw it this year and it's actually one that stuck with me that enough to I really loved and that's Pride which we've talked about oh, in the past yeah. so that that was up there but for me my movie of the year by far is Mad Max Fury Road I mean that which I wax lyrically enough about I the episode. Yeah, so, but and I'm not on my own because just today it was given movie of the year from some reputable thing. I don't know what the Mad Max fan club. No, it was something on Facebook. A few people posted about now, it. Yeah. You, you do talk about things that have kind of fallen through the holes. I still haven't seen Mad Max. It's been out on DVD for a little while. I think it may even be on Foxtel On Demand, but I still haven't got around to seeing it. It is something that I want to see, but similar to how you say you don't watch movies with your wife anymore, my wife and I try and sit down um, at least one night on a weekend and try and watch a movie together. Mm. And this is a movie that she has no interest in, so it's constantly get, sort of getting pushed aside for pro us. pro-feminist movie, she should. Yeah, but she doesn't like pro-feminist stuff at the moment. She had a Supergirl. Yeah. yeah. She, she didn't like Magic Mike XL. <laughs> That's a piece of shit. I noticed that wasn't in my list. Yes. It wasn't even in my short list. If we'd have done a bottom five for the year, I think that would have been on there. And unfortunately, I think Pitch Perfect 2 might have been there as well yeah. for movies that we really I wanted to I saw them a week see. apart, um, both at the Aston. Movies that we wanted to enjoy that didn't. That yeah, that was one of our great expectations, mm. was Pitch Perfect 2. But yes. All right. Well, as far as entertainment goes, you watch a lot of TV. I watch movies. But something that both of us consume a hell of a lot of, and that's podcasts. Yeah. So, as usual, same as we did last year, we're going to end with our favourite podcasts for the year. I have a, a good desk job where I get to have my earplugs in most of the day, so I get to mainline a lot of podcasts. And now that I have an app on my phone where I can play them at double speed, I don't look back. Yes. I can't imagine how I listen to things in real time. Well, there's some podcasts which are good. But the people are like the ent- the information's good, but the people are terrible. Like the presenter, double time is a magical. Thing. Yeah, it's it's like oh wow, I get to I get to because otherwise you just can't. Yeah, like I'm sorry, Action Figure Blues, great podcast, way too long, and f- I accidentally stopped putting in normal time. It's like how the fuck is this? Who is listening to this? Yeah. I can't not listen to you. Yeah, they kind of sound like stroke victims, and we probably do too. If you listen, I mean, to we listen to ourselves in yeah. fast time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I used to really like Action Figure Blues, but unfortunately the amount of new stuff that I've picked up, that kind of got pushed aside. Mm. So I I have my old favourites that I listen to every day. Like, I listen to the Adam Carolla show, normally the first podcast I listen to when I'm at work. And for me, it's like listening to morning radio. Yep. So it's not something that I have to concentrate too hard on. So normally that's my Mm -hmm. first pick. 
other things this year that I've continued to enjoy, and that's Harmontown, the Greg Proops Smartest Man in the World. Yep, Austin. Yeah, Steve Austin, I've kind of dropped off a little bit. I find myself deleting a lot more episodes. Yeah. Like, I, it's like, I don't need to listen to that one. Delete, delete, uh, delete. I'm finding a lot of the ones that he does on location where he's filming his reality shows and that sort of stuff, and I should have mentioned that as far as my TV as well, that this year's season of Broken Skull Challenge was mm. actually really good too. But there's the few episodes where he's recording them in his trailer that haven't been as good but then he pulls out the occasional perler like the one where he was in the shower and he fell over and he got a back scratch and stuck up his ass and stuff that was just a comical genius from a man that isn't a comedian which yeah, it's yeah I just can't I've got too many now yeah. that if it, I'll pretty much get his breakdowns of pay-per-views and things like that they're the ones I'll listen to or an interview with a guest that I'm interested in. Yeah. Otherwise, I, if it's just him, I'm like, ah, uh, i got too many. Yeah, and, and that is a bit of a shame. But some of the new stuff that I've picked up this year that I really like, I've got back into the Geek Shock podcast, which I've mentioned last year as one of my new favourites was Matt and Mattingly's Ice Cream Social. And Paul Mattingly is a improv comic from Las Vegas, and him and a bunch of his mates get together once a week and do Geek Shock the Ugly Couch Show, which is just your typical comics, games, movies, nerd stuff that we kind of like. And I'm finding that's probably my go-to place for geek news. I really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. You you put me under this and it's on my list. I I know initially when you listened to it, you didn't like it that much because you didn't like the... It was a bit morning zoo for me, but I got used to it because the content was good. Once you get used to the ongoing characters that that Paul does, I think you enjoy it more because you're kind of expecting... Once you're in on the joke. Yeah. When I was outside that first episode, it was too many in-jokes. And I'm like, eh, this is a bit too... Yeah, like I said, morning zoo. But the content was good enough, and I agreed. Like, they'll go on geeky rants, or one will ask a geeky question, the other one will know the answer. And so I knew that. Yeah. That's, that's how I would have answered, yes. So we're on the same page in that way. So it was worth sticking with, and then I got into it. And I, I love it. I, and I think the fact that they're a very diverse group that all have that common link. Like Different a lot of ages, them, I think. Well, or they seem to be. One of them, I think, is a bit younger, and then there's another dude that's a little bit older. So I think they range from sort of mid-30s to mid-40s. So yep. they do have a good sort of spread as far as our age group. Yeah. But I think a lot of them work together on the Star Trek experience in Vegas. So Which they have fucking... It doesn't exist anymore, but you're all miss, you missed out if you haven't seen it. It was great. But yeah, they all have that sort of common Star Trek knowledge, mm. but Paul's a, a massive Master of the Universe fan. He's also a wrestling fan, so every now and then he'll bring out the John Cena references and the you know, Junkyard Dog reference from the 80s or something like that, and I really appreciate that as well. But yeah, I just find them really entertaining, which I really love. I've also picked up a podcast that's been going for a long time now, because I think he's just hit his 700th episode, and that's Harlan Williams's Harlan Highway. You love Harlan Williams, don't you? It goes he had back... shit on his face in <laughs> Superstar? <laughs> yes. Is that him? Okay. And he was in the Dave Chappelle movie Half-Baked and just goes back to that sort of stoner humour. But he does two sort of 45-minute episodes a week, and it's just him doing impressions and other voices, and he interviews himself as someone, other character, and it's just a fun bit of comedy that I really enjoy. And a new one that this year that you put me onto, well, two, in fact, my my number two would be mm. Weekly Planet. Yep, so and close again, to being number one for me. Yeah, and I think the fact that they're probably just a little bit younger than us, but they have a very much two mates talking about crap. Yeah, imagine this podcast, but good. That's that's a weekly planet. (laughs) Professionally produced and a little bit more researched. (laughs) They're just just funny. They sound like young kids, but they're not. They're obviously older than that. Yeah. But does their take... And I think they're friends with stand-up comics. I don't think they're stand-up comics, but they are funny. Yeah. 
Um, and this is, the rants they go on, and what, what I love the most is just how positive they are with each other. Because someone will go off on a stupid tangent, and the other one will just go with him. It's like, all right, yeah, that's what that's what it means. Yeah. And their their ratings for movies, they'll review a movie, and it's best movie ever, worst movie ever. That's how they rate it. And it's like, well, <laughs> so if it's good, it's best movie ever. If it's bad, worst movie ever. That's it. Yeah. And they'll have like special episodes where it's like, dot, you know, Spectre came out, so they did a breakdown of all the James Bond films. Another one they did all the. Mission Impossible movies and they rated the movies on did he go rogue yeah and what, what did his, his hair look like? <laughs> yeah. and it's just it's just a, a great show it's just fun and they're knowledgeable like yeah. they know their stuff and they communicate really well so you know like I said this show but better <laughs> but yeah, if you're so going to really listen good. to them still listen to us as yeah, well please, please. yes yeah one listener please yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree Weekly Planet was yeah you put me on a geek shock and I was, was it geek shock yeah not the Paul show well, it pretty much is the ball show. Yeah. Um, it's got another name, doesn't it? The okay, couch? couch show. Yeah, which well, one? I think it? that's their video show when they when they do oh, video, okay. but they don't do video all that yeah. often. Yes. But I'll let you talk about some of yours, and then we'll jump into what I think is both going to be our number one. Yeah. Before yeah. we do that, though, I will mention a couple of other things I picked up this year. I've decided that maybe I should listen to some, what do they call them, fiction podcasts. And I've been listening to a little bit of Welcome to Night Vale. Oh, yeah. I'm still not convinced whether I actually like it or not. Yeah, I gave up. Yeah, I, I like the concept and the fact that it is like local radio show talking about all the bizarre things happening in this fictional town of Nightvale. But I'm not sure if I. I just I, I I listened for a while and it was interesting, and then I realised there's no payoff. Yeah. In this, it doesn't matter. And this, this, if you like that sort of thing, was this Obaniak, Steve Obaniak, the voice of Doctor Venture from the Venture Brothers. He does a podcast where he plays that little one-act plays. Okay. It's interesting. But, but another one that I've just started earlier in this year is uh, one called Limetown. And that- Limetown! <laughs> and that is produced by... Limetown! It's basically a girl that's doing like a, a radio news expose on a, a town where some bizarre stuff happened. And each week it's her interviewing people in the town as if it would be on your current affairs yep. type program. Really well produced. Lots of foley work, lots of good background type information on the characters, but it doesn't come out regular enough to really get into it, which is mm. a bit of a shame. But yes. All right, let's talk about yours and then we'll jump... Was cereal this year or last? Last year was cereal. Yeah, okay, that's fine. But I'm over cereal anyway. But, but cereal did spark me onto a lot of true crime podcasts. So I listen to one called Criminal, which is not bad. It just does a different topic. Not bad. Um, there was another one called Sword and Scale, which I looked in, and that's just nasty. And I'll sort of get on to why that was nasty in a sec. <laughs> but Geek Shock was on my list. Weekly Planet was on my list. Um, Gilbert Godfrey's Amazing Colossal Podcast, I am absolutely loving. We started listening to it late last year. Yep. It was on our short list, and yep. it's up there. Like, I didn't even put Harmon down on Proops or anything this year. Like, Gilbert is on that list. And they've added little short episodes in between their interview episodes now, which are just, like, movie recommendations, little 10-minute episodes, which are really cool. Which we might be stealing as a concept. We might might be doing earlier in the new year. Yeah, and another one that's really picked up is Fat Man on Batman. I would have talked about it last year, and it's Kevin Smith talking about Batman. Now, the thing is, with geek news being so big now, it's just not about Batman anymore. He's talking about Daredevil. He's talking about all the movies. It's He calls it Batman's utility belt. It's got everything in it. And Yeah, it's just... 
I love listening to Kevin. We talk, I spoke in a previous episode about going seeing him live. You know, it's just like Kevin is the man. Hollywood Babylon something else that I listened to, which is one of his podcasts, which I just realised I think I've lost my subscription. I haven't listened to one for a while. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's my short list of podcasts. There's a lot I listen to, but my number one podcast, which I'm guessing is the same one as yours, is Last Podcast on the Left. Yes. Yeah. It's like Geek Shock. It's a bunch of comedians, they're New York-based, who get together each whatever. Weekly, normally. Yeah. And talk about horrific things. <laughs> well, murders, serial killers tragedies, conspiracy theories, the occult. I find the Serial Killers episodes more entertaining than some of their conspiracy theories ones. Yes. It's been going for a little while now. Yep. And after listening to a couple that you put me onto, I've gone back and listened to Mm -hmm. a lot of their heavy hitters series, which are mainly about serial killers. Yeah. I've also gone back and listened to a couple of their alien abduction ones and stuff like that, which I find I don't really believe in, but I still find them incredibly entertaining. Yeah. Well, but... It is three guys. Yep. It's Henry Zabrowski, who we've talked about. One of the reasons we watched Heroes this year is because he was in it. And the show I mentioned in a previous episode... Your Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. Pretty Face is Going to Hell. He's in that. So there's Henry Zabrowski... Ben Kessel. Ben Kessel, who's a six-foot-eight giant. (laughs) Henry's tiny, but they just make constant reference to the size of Ben. And... Marcus Parks. Marcus Parks, yeah. And they just have a great rapport. They're standout comics, so they know what they're doing. When yep. it comes to talking, they thoroughly research. Well, two of them thoroughly research. And <laughs> Henry be- just does jokes. To no, say. he knows his stuff. It's Ben who's sort of saying, "So who is this guy? What's he do?" You know. But you need that person to ask those questions. Yeah, uh, he does seem to know his shit too, because they all. Do, but the other two seem to do the research, and they make some of the most nastiest things into some of the funniest jokes. And it, it was great. Like the reason I got onto this was I was. I'll call him friend of the show because that's what he seems to be called everywhere. But Julian James, he, he's, he doesn't even know he exists. But I'm going to call him friend of the. Show. <laughs> anyway he put me onto jonestown not that you know i forget how he made a reference to us like what's this about okay and i went off and saw a doco read a little bit on wiki watched another doco went and found a few um podcasts about it yeah and one of the podcasts was this show and it was like this is fucking funny because Jonestown's pretty fucking horrific. Yeah. This is really, really funny. So I went back and there was topics there. There was Jonestown, there's Waco. I was like, oh, I listened to that one. And there was a couple on serial killers. So I listened to them and they were fucking hilarious. It's like, and I said it to you. I was like, you got to listen to this. This is just ridiculous. And it, it's funny though, because you mentioned, I can't even remember who it was now. I think it might have been the John Wayne Gacy episode. And you mentioned that to me and I thought, oh, maybe I'll go back and have a listen because previously I'd listened to a lot of Sick and Wrong and they mentioned serial killers and that sort of stuff quite a bit as well but the fact that last podcast on the left will dedicate a whole hour episode or three episodes depending on who a couple of people like Jeffrey Dahmer had three and Ed Gain had at least two hours. Ed Gain was a classic. It might have been that one I recommended, I think. I think the it Ed might Gain have been. one was pretty amazing. But the fact that they can make such an entertaining program about such a macabre subject Mm-hmm. I think you have to have that sort of sense of humour yeah, because you could easily be offended by some of the stuff that they're talking about. But yeah, just something about the way they do it and the fact that one of them is from Minnesota and there is a lot of serial killers that seem to be from Minnesota. Yeah, one's from Texas, one's from Minnesota. So yeah, they both pretty much got the serial killer areas of America covered in that way. And Henry Zabrowski, like uh, like Geek Shock, has a bunch of characters he'll go into and voices. Yeah. They're so good. So good. <laughs> so, so good and so wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And from that, though, I've now picked up also 
based on your recommendation, they do, or Ben Kissel and Marcus Parks do another one called Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Which is a political podcast, American political system, which is based, which obviously leading into the next elections, sparking up and exciting. Yeah. Now, I may not agree with their politics, but I do like... The delivery. The delivery, yeah. yeah, again, that's just, they've got a good report. And again, like Weekly Planet, the fact that they're so, they reinforce each other with positivity. Yep. Well, not so much positivity, but they'll let the others go. And that's an improv thing, I think. Yeah. So, with last podcast, if someone's going on a tangent, we're going here, the others don't pull them back. It's no. sort of like, we're not going too far. No, no, it's all right. You, where are you going with this? All right, I'm with you. I'm coming with you. And they'll just sort of go with it. And it's just, it's inspiring in a way sometimes. But they're on a roll and they're just going. It's like, where did this come from? And don't stop, please. This is awesome. So, And I found that it is creeping into my like normal life. Like Things will happen and it will just make me think of like Spring Hill Jack uh, or just little <laughs> references. <laughs> exactly. Just little references just pop up in my head. And we mentioned the Jeffrey Dahmer comic. I don't think I probably would have got as much out of that Jeffrey Dahmer comic mm-hmm. unless I had listened to the episode because the stuff they talk about in the episode comes to life on the page in yeah. the comic. It's And they're well-researched yeah. in some of the stuff. And they'll, yeah. there's something that could be very dry. Like, I listen to Criminal, like I said, a few other true crime, and it was so hard because I wanted to fix and I was running out of episodes that were, like, serial killers. So I was like, I want to learn more about this one. And they're just dry. It's just like, oh, this is just facts. Where's, where's the entertainment? <laughs> and that's why I was saying this Sword and Scale, which I've been listening to, and it's just heavy. And I'm trying to... And the guy's sort of really... I don't know what the point is. Like, Sam will do some 911 calls, and it's about a kid that shot his f- family, and then he's rung 911 and said, what happens? Like, I just shot my parents. Why? I, I don't know why. I don't know what, what have I done. And you listen to this kid break down on the phone for... while well, the 911 caller's talking him down. and got the police there. Have you got the gun now? None in my hands. No, okay, go, go out the front, do what they've been told. And it's horrific. And it's tragic, but I don't know what the point... Like, he's not giving a point. He's just putting out stuff. And then he talked about some killer recently, which was nasty, and it's a guy who was running an illegal abortion clinic up until the 90s. So, technically, he's probably America's worst murderer because the amount of abortions he performed. And, like, late-term abortions. Like, babies were born alive, and he killed them. Okay. And all this sort of stuff. And they were going into the facts, and that, and that actually turned my stomach when it was going into the facts. And I was like, again, what's your point? What... These are just horrific stories without... I mean, Last Podcast on the Left is horrific and they're made entertaining, which is probably more horrific because I'm, I'm, I'm laughing at people dying. But, yeah, Sword and Scale is just like... This is just really nasty and I'm feeling a bit gross listening to this. I don't get your point. So, yeah, it's sort of weird. But I cannot... Yes, I can recommend last podcast enough but you really have to be in the right frame of mind and you've got to be into that sense of humour it's not for everybody uh, that's all I can say yeah I, I think if you're going to try it maybe ease yourself in with something that's not serial killer related first yeah if you if you're a trigger warning kind of person yeah it's not for you so yeah so do an alien reduction or whatever and you'll know pretty quickly if it's for you or not yeah something else I have been listening I'll just add and it's weird that I'm doing it out of order but you must remember this which is this woman's podcast talking about the golden years of Hollywood and it's sort of like the seedy undertones of what happened hmm. during the metro MGM era and all this sort of stuff and it's like this is the Fatty Arbuckle story, or this is the Errol Flynn story, or... And it's like, oh, uh, fascinating. Like, I did not know half the shit that went on in Hollywood back in the days, and it's like, wow, that's that's pretty amazing. And they did a great period on Charles Manson, because... Oh, that ties in with the last podcast. Yeah, but it was strange, because it's like, what's that got to do with the golden news of Hollywood? But it was more the 50s, 60s of Hollywood, 
but it tied into Doris Day and it tied into the Beach Boys. It was just weird and fascinating that this connection that Charles Manson had to pop culture. Yeah. He became pop culture, but he actually had a connection to it. Mm. And the Beach Boys released one of his songs. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's just fucking weird. So, um, yeah, I, last podcast, definitely my favourite podcast, but um, I am digging You Must Remember This, which is a lot more palatable than their last cool. podcast, but I cannot recommend it enough if you it's, have the right sense of humour. If you have the right sense of humour, exactly. Yeah. All righty. Well, that's probably a nice place for us to wrap up this year. Yep. Or this episode, I must say. We will be back in a couple of weeks on the 13th for our first of this year's 12 Days of Christmas specials. Specials. So, we've got a, a brand new one to start off the year, and that will be the Bill Murray Christmas special. Yep. Which we are highly looking forward to. Yes. But we've also picked up some classics from our past. A few of our favourite shows have got Christmas episodes we'll be watching, and we've actually dug up a couple of Christmas new things this year. We're looking for gems like a junkie's Christmas, but I don't know if we'll no, find it. No, I don't it. know if we will, but we, we are going to dig deep. And we are going to pick up some stuff that I think might be a little bit more mainstream than last year, but there should be some fun stuff out there. But yes, as I said, we'll be back starting that on the 13th as a little bit of a lead up to Christmas, a little mini episode every day until then. But this is our last full length episode for the year. We will be back in early January with our great expectations for 2016. And it seems crazy that we are so close to 2016. It feels just like yesterday we were doing... Uh, 2015 yes. predictions, but yes. So if, we probably won't talk about Star Wars until next year. So yeah, yes. by the time we, we talk chance, about Star Wars, it will be uh, old hat. Yeah, pretty much. I reckon it'll still be showing at the cinemas by the time we talk about it. I think it might be. Yes, I think the uh, the weekend sessions have sold out for the first couple of weeks. I was at the comic shop the other day, and there's one guy who missed out on the midnight session at IMAX. He couldn't get that, so he ended up picking up another cinema somewhere, and then they released them 3 a.m tickets so he's he's got them so he's going to watch it at midnight somewhere and then move to 3am to see it straight away again and IMAX again so whoa that's just whoa well local wrestling legend Bulldog O'Reilly has bought the first four days in a row worth of tickets oh that's just silly well he's a fan I hope it's good I'm sure it's going to be fine yeah it's going to be better than the brick was anyway yes but yes alright that's us for tonight thank you for this year Mitch we've had some fun episodes it's been good and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Straight out of Compton. So, yeah, I, I'm not urban. I'll find something appropriate to dig up to put at the end of the episode. Okay. All right. We'll see you soon. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. Said, fuck it. And the salesman's like, what up? What's your budget? And I'm like, honestly, I don't know nothing about mopeds. He said, I got the one for you. Follow me. Ooh, it's too real. Chromed out mirror, I don't need a windshield. Banana seat, I can't be on two wheels. 800 cash, that's a hell of a deal. I'm headed downtown. Cruising through the alley. Tiptoeing in the street like ballet. Pulled up. Moped to the ballet. White walls on the wheels like mayonnaise. Dope. My crew is ill. And all we need is two good wheels. Backstage, you don't need a wristband. Dope. Killing the game, about to catch a body. Past the heartbeat, Dookie, I'm the Ducat. 
deep. Timberland, Khaled, Scott Storch, Birdman, goddamn man, everybody got Bugattis. But I'ma keep a hell in 1987, head into the dealership and drop a stack in Kappa Kawasaki. I'm stunning on everybody, hella raw pesto wasabi. I'm so low that my scrotum's almost dragging up on the concrete. My seat is leather, I ride a line, it's pleather, but girl, we can still ride together. You don't need an Uber, you don't need a cab, fuck a bus pass, you got a moped, man. She got 1988, Mariah Carey hair, very rare, mom jeans on her derriere. Throwing up the west side as we tear in the air, stop by Pipe Place, throwing fish to a pipe. Downtown, 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 downtown. She has her arms around your waist. You're the balance that will keep us safe. Sounding like a French pimp thump back in the day. I take a tapant derate and I watch her skate. I mean, water ski, Ali Ali oxen free. I'm perusing down forth and they watching me. I do a headstand and eagle lands on my seat. Well, hello, but baby, the kickstand ain't free. Now, do you or do you not wanna ride with me? I got one girl, I got two wheels. She a big girl, that ain't a big deal. I like a big girl, I like them sassy. Going down a back street, listening to Black Street. Running around the whole town. Neighbors yelling at me like you need to slow down. Going 38, Dan, chill the fuck out. Mow your damn lawn and sit the hell down. If I only had one helmet, I would give it to you. Give it to you. Cruising down Broadway, girl. What a wonderful view. Wonderful view. There's layers to the shit, player. Tear my suit. Tear my suit. Let my coattail drag, but I ain't tearing my suit. Tear my suit. 